Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording on Wednesday, the 13th of May. The big news for today is that Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman held her first press conference to announce details of the 20 lakh crore economic package announced by Prime Minister Narendra Modi in his address to the nation last night. Today's announcements focused heavily on micro, small and medium enterprises. This is going to be the first of several press conferences that the finance minister will do. So as such, we don't have a specific segment on this today, but I am going to read out an agency copy by the Press Trust of India to give you some more details and that will serve as a segment for today. The copy goes Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman on Wednesday announced rupees 3 lakh crore of collateral free loans for small businesses cut the tax rate for non salary payments and provided liquidity to non banking companies to help them tide over the disruptions caused by the lockdown announcing the first set of components of the rupees 20 lakh crore covid 19 economic stimulus package announced by the prime minister narendra modi She said rupees 90000 crore liquidity infusion will be made in electricity distribution companies to help them fight the current financial stress. Also, dates for filing income tax returns and other assessments have been extended. She said the rate of tax deducted at source and tax collected at source for non-salaried payments up to March 31, 2021 will be cut by 25%. The move will release rupees fifty thousand crore in the system, she said. For all companies, the statutory obligation to pay twelve percent of basic salary as employer share to employee provident fund, or EPF, contribution, has been reduced to ten percent to boost their liquidity. Essentially, this is to spur growth and to build a very self-reliant India, she said. It addresses ease of doing business, compliance. and due diligence and the intention is also to build local brands sitaraman said collateral free loans will benefit 45 lakh small businesses the loan will have four year tenure and will have a 12 month moratorium she said adding the loans will be guaranteed by the government also rupees 20000 crore subordinate debt will be provided for stressed or loan defaulting msmes she said adding this would benefit 2 lakh such businesses a fund of funds for msme is also being created which will infuse rupees 50000 crore equity in msmes with growth potential we'll end that segment there and move on to discussing the latest developments in the diplomatic front of which there are many today with the hindus diplomatic affairs editor suhasini haider And Swasni, so um, the second phase of flights uh, that are coming back to India, carrying Indians stranded abroad, that begin that's going to begin on uh, May sixteenth. Um, do we have any more details on what's going to happen then? Absolutely, Jayant, and uh, the Ministry of External Affairs that is coordinating the entire effort has decided to ramp up its capabilities in terms of bringing Indians back. This entire repatriation effort. Remember, we still really don't know how many people may come back. Um, the uh, the estimates are that between 4 to 5 lakh uh, indians will want to return over the next few months um but what we know is uh, the government is now w- ready with its roster of flights for the second uh, phase in the first phase 
if they brought back 64 flights uh, full of Indian uh, passengers from about 12 countries, and then the 13th was Maldives, where a ship uh, brought back Indians. In the second phase, there will be as many as 149 flights coming back from more than 30 countries, about 31 countries. Uh, and this time, they've added uh, several uh, um, several European countries. France is there, Ireland is there, Georgia, Armenia. Uh, we're also seeing some Central Asian countries like Kyrgyzstan. Remember, a lot of these countries like Kyrgyzstan and Ukraine have medical students uh, who need to return uh, because they really have nowhere to stay. Their hostels have been shut down. Schools are not uh, functioning right now. And then... Um, you have Indians coming back from other countries in Southeast Asia, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia as well. Um, so, so this entire lot of them are actually coming, uh, uh, coming in in the second phase, which is May 16th to May 22nd. Uh, officials saying to us that what they're hoping is that by the time they're able to bring back the Indians who really need to come back, whether it's about um, uh, visas expiring or pregnancies, medical emergencies, family emergencies, uh, as well as uh, other important reasons, they will be able to put some scheduled flights and commercial scheduled flights will restart. Uh, so for the moment, they're hoping to only bring back those who really, really need to come. And officials have been saying that while this looks like a regular operation, they are charging each of the uh, passengers, you know, uh, passengers from the U.S. Uh, pay up to a lakh, uh, uh, and then everybody else is graded. Um, they do point out that this has taken a lot of diplomacy. It has taken the entire Ministry of External Affairs working on this. In every mission, you see ambassadors, high commissioners out there at the airports really trying to ensure that the process is as smooth as possible. Right. And speaking of diplomacy, Swasni, um, India is involved in what uh, what I can sort of describe as a kind of high-level um, disagreement now at the UN um, about the WHO. And it involves basically the status of uh, Taiwan, um, so which, um, you know, which America is pushing for and China is opposing. How exactly has India got involved in this? Right. It, it, this is playing out this week, uh, Jent, and, and there was a story in the Hindu about how India is really getting caught in that crossfire uh, because um, uh, the U.S. has made it very clear that it wants to go ahead and try to ensure that Taiwan, which is, of course, uh, seen as part of China but has its own independent entity for a lot of uh, countries, uh, and it has been an observer state in the past at the WHO, uh, the U.S. has made it clear that it wants to build a campaign to include Taiwan in what is called the World Health Assembly. This is the decision-making body of the WHO. It meets a few times every year. It is going to have a special virtual assembly meeting on May 18th and 19th. Um, and, and the U.S. Is, uh, has, has set out that it wants to actually ensure that Taiwan is re-invited into this World Health Assembly. Remember, Taiwan was uh, uh, allowed as an observer from the years 2009 to 2016, after which China moved in and ensured it wasn't invited again. On the other hand, China is making it extremely clear where it stands on this, that it believes that any attempt to bring Taiwan into the WHO, into the WHA Assembly, would be tantamount to go violating what they call the One China Principle. Um, now, in the last few months, as, as you can see, 
uh, there has been so many questions about China's role when it comes to uh, the the uh, situation in Wuhan, how soon they told the world about the pandemic, how much they have shared about uh, the pandemic as well. Um, and, and the WHO has been in the crosshairs as well. The US, in fact, President Trump at one time referred to the WHO as the PR agency of China. Uh, so it is building up with both sides taking very strong positions. Uh, the U.S. Senate even passed a law on Monday mandating U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo to, uh, to, uh, to ensure that Taiwan is included at the World Health Assembly. Uh, where does India fit into all this? Uh, India is about to take over as the chairperson of the executive board, the EB at the World Health Assembly. So there will be a World Health Assembly meeting May 18th and 19th. This will be held virtually. Uh, included in the agenda is the election of the important people in the executive board. And then there'll be an executive board meeting on May 22nd. So India is expected this month. Uh, obviously, it's not final until the votes come in, but officials fully expect that India will be the chairperson take over from Japan, I think, for a term of three years. And India's nominee will then have to take a call on whether or not uh, Taiwan should be a part of it. Uh, and this is uh, putting India in a, in, a, in a tough position because it has been able to work a balance thus far. And, uh, um, and the diplomatic crisis could well spill over. We've seen External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar, along with all the diplomacy we were talking about in terms of bringing Indians back home, also straddling this a little bit on Monday, he was part of a U.S.-led initiative, which was uh, seven nations, including uh, you all U.S. allies like Australia, Japan, Israel, South Korea, uh, uh, as well as Brazil. All of them are, are uh, what are called major non-NATO allies of the U.S. And India as well joined that. Uh, clearly, Mr. Pompeo's mandate, amongst other things, was to talk about reform at the WHO and in particular the U.S.'s uh, moves over there. And, and today, Mr. Jay Shankar was part of uh, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, SCO's meeting of foreign ministers, which includes Russia and China and Central Asian countries, Pakistan and Afghanistan as well. Uh, so you're seeing India straddling both right now, uh, but everybody is waiting to see where India will stand on the Taiwan issue and then what that will mean for India's relations with the two big powers. Yeah, speaking of India's uh, relationship with China in particular, there have been some uh, moves made, particularly when they when that regulation was passed about buying stakes in companies. There was that overtone of yeah. uh, a Chinese takeover. But um, we did see something uh, rather more strange today, which was uh, Union Minister Nitin Gadkari echoing a line that uh, the coronavirus is, seems like something that was made in a lab. Now, that's something that uh, US President Donald Trump is has been saying a lot other other people in America as well. Um, what, what does this mean? Because this is kind of a fairly strong statement coming from somebody who is a fairly senior minister. Uh, absolutely. In fact, it's a it's a um, uh, it's an interview with Nitin Gadkari, who's the Union Minister for um, Industry as well as uh, Infrastructure, and for a senior minister like that to to say very plainly that uh, that that in fact. There is, uh, there is evidence that this is a lab-made virus. This was not a natural virus. This is what he said in a television interview on Wednesday evening. Uh, essentially means that it is uh, uh, 
uh, it, it, it is uh, something that is believed, at least in the upper echelons of power in New Delhi. Now, whether this is something the government is going to uh, uh, get its back behind or not remains to be seen. Because remember, up till now, the Ministry of External Affairs, and we've been asking them again and again, what is your stand on the U.S.'s position and other countries that are asking uh, China to explain whether this is, in fact, the virus that originated in a lab? Um, and and uh, the Ministry of External Affairs so far has said this is not the time, that, that this is the time to deal with the coronavirus as a united world. And then once we have counted it, then we'll get into uh, where did it come from, how could it have been stopped, and all the rest. Uh, so it's certainly interesting, Jet, that we're hearing from a senior minister saying this. Uh, he has always been a little more on the hawkish side. Remember, uh, last week he spoke about the fact that country, that companies uh, were uh, were uh, uh, were quite upset with China and that they actually wanted to pull out of China and it was India's turn to sort of uh, attract those companies to India. Um, so he's been he's been fairly uh, upfront about uh, his his thoughts on China thus far. It's certainly not something that is going to go down well uh, with China at this time, particularly when Beijing is out there uh, trying to counter a lot of the uh, allegations against. Uh, what they did in terms of the virus, but also in terms of uh, what this is going to mean for the future. So all of this bears watching, uh, Jent. I think this is going to be a very interesting week diplomatically. Yeah, and we'll wait for you to get clarification from the MEA, and I suppose we'll we'll be discussing this topic uh, for a few days to come. So, Asni, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely.